You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we're going to dive into a topic that I really wish I'd learned about way before I did, and that is learning how to interact with people who are different from us. Trust me, this is a game changer for both your personal and professional life. So let's start with a little reflection. Have you ever worked with someone who had a completely different communication style, priorities, or values? I know I have, and I'll be honest, it can be really challenging. As a project manager, which I was for quite a few years, I worked with a number of business analysts. And generally, definitely not always, but often, These two roles attract people with quite different personalities, and there's good reason for that. As a project manager, you need to be able to see the big picture because you're in charge of coordinating all the parts, and you can't do that if you can't step back and see them, right? You're also likely to be somewhat of a people person as you need to be working with stakeholders, you need to influence, you need to have them on board with what you're doing and generally in agreement with each other. Now, as a business analyst, on the other hand, it's your job to capture all of the tiny and very important details, the processes, the systems, You need to generally be in the weeds. You need to know all the details. You need to be really clear on what needs to be included in a system, how it fits with the next piece of the system, how the system fits together overall. So as a project manager, I didn't have time for the details. I was pretty busy just trying to coordinate. So I wanted big picture information. I wanted to keep things ticking along as quickly as possible so we could stay in budget and on time. And I wanted to connect with people, although often with a task-focused purpose. Now, as much as I love people, if I'm on a mission, (laughs) then the mission is often my first focus and the niceties that sometimes come with people is my second focus, right? Not always, but often. The BAs, business analysts I worked with, though, they needed all the details and they wanted to give me all the details. They wanted often more time to make sure nothing was missed from the system. They were task focused as well, although often with them, the niceties didn't come second. They were more like 10th, if at all. (laughs) Now, in my early days, this difference would cause quite a lot of conflict My BA would be writing me 10-page emails or standing talking to me in a 10-page kind of way. And after a while, I would basically just switch off. But the problem with that was that it risked me not hearing important information. Or I would be asking them, when are things going to get done? You know, we're on a timeline and they'd be telling me when they're done. 
Uh, it was just like, it was infuriating. We were on completely different pages. Over time, and with some new learnings about people and the way we work, what I came to realize was embracing those differences is actually where the magic happens. Okay, so what are some signs that the conflict you're having at work is due to people being different than you? I mean, some of them are super obvious, right? Some people just annoy you. Or they say things and you wonder what planet they're on. It's like, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, only it could be two women are completely different. Uh, Or maybe you can barely have a conversation with someone without feeling attacked or judged or dismissed or just downright frustrated. And yet, even then, even with those kind of obvious sounding signs, Rather than realizing this is a problem because you are two different types of people, we often think it's because the other person is trying to annoy us, or they don't like us, or they think we're incompetent. Honestly, the stories that go on inside our heads are um, wonderful, magical, and often not steeped in truth. So how do we start to recognize that maybe it's none of those things, those stories that we're telling ourselves, and it's just that we're different types of people that see and interact with the world differently? Well, have I got a tool for you? The DISC framework has really been a lifesaver for me. It's one of my favorite assessment tools for work. Uh, Now, I have a lot of favorite assessment tools, but for helping me interact with people quickly and better at work, this is definitely my favorite. So if you haven't heard of it, DISC, which is D-I-S-C, not D-I-S-K, is uh, an initialism uh, that stands for dominance, or I like to think of dominance as drive. I guess I don't like the word dominance as much, and I'm a D, so we'll get to that in a minute. Um, So drive, let's say, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. And this framework helps us understand different communication styles and how we can adapt to connect better with others through our communication style. By recognizing these differences, it allows us to adjust our own style. It allows us to get on with people better and honestly, just have a more peaceful and joyful life. I know that's a big claim, but I've experienced it. Taking the DISC assessment is a really great way to understand yourself and how you like to be communicated with, uh, which then allows you to communicate that to others. It's also reasonably easy to identify other people's styles, even if they haven't taken the test, once you know what they all are and how they show up. Now, there are many free DISC assessments online. uh, So, you know, Google it, Bing it. Now that that Bing is getting a little bit more uh, common, uh, find a free assessment if you want a free assessment or take the paid DISC assessment to get, you know, the complete... uh, 
story from the horse's mouth, so to speak, but I found the free ones are really pretty good. So if we go back to my earlier example with me and my BAs, when I learned about the DISC framework and took the test myself, I realized finally that none of us were wrong in our approach, just different. Neither of us were trying to annoy each other. Neither of us were, uh, you know, thinking the other one was incompetent. We just had different ways of communicating. So we'll come back to what I did with that information shortly. But first, let me give you a brief overview of each style in case you haven't heard of it. Uh, And within these overviews, I'm going to let you know how we can adapt our communication to better connect with individuals of each style. All right. Now, Bearing in mind that as with all assessments that have to do with personality, ways we work, etc., they are subjective. You know, you are answering it and sometimes you don't see yourself in a real way, but that's okay. Mostly they cater for that. Also, most of us don't fit neatly into just one category. So while these descriptions serve as a general guide to help us understand and adapt to others' communication preferences, you might see yourself in more than one of the styles. You might see others in more than one of the styles, and that's okay. Um, Experiment, see how you go. All right, so let's get started. Dominance, drive, D. Like I mentioned, this is me. So often people with a dominant communication style are seen and can be assertive, uh, decisive, and kind of results-oriented, right? Where the go-getters, the ones who like to take charge, make decisions, and get things done. Ds prefer direct communication, And that means they might come across as bossy or stubborn. Yes, yes, I've heard it all. Uh, I think I might have mentioned before that a guy I worked with once called me opinionated. Um, He was definitely not a D and we definitely had different communication styles. So to communicate effectively with a person like me, you want to be quite clear, concise You want to try not to waffle, get to the point, and you want to be focused on outcomes, like where are we heading to, rather than needing to provide all of the detail that comes before that. You want to avoid being overly emotional or getting lost in the details, but in saying that, I personally am really comfortable with displays of emotions. Uh, and if, you know, if you're feeling the emotions, I am so happy for you to be feeling the emotions and I will, you know, be in there with you. But what I, it's more that I don't want to hear, I guess, reliance on emotions when it comes to making decisions. So for me, it's more about just, you know, give me the data, give me the logic when you're making decisions rather than the emotions. Uh, now, some next level advice for working with D-types. Instead of trying to match their assertiveness or challenge them head on, try asking strategic questions that help them think through their decisions. So remember, we love data and logical reasoning. So if you can ask powerful questions that encourage us to consider some alternative viewpoints or you know, spend some time reflecting on our approach, that's going to help us really appreciate your input and engage in some productive discussions. 
So there's a bit of an uncommon tip there for working with drive dominance D times. All right, next one is influence. So I individuals communicate uh, in a way of high energy. They're often the life of the party. They're always ready to bring people together with their infectious energy and enthusiasm. They are great at building relationships, great at inspiring others, but sometimes they might need a little help staying focused on the task at hand. They're often the ones telling the jokes. They bring the ideas they are raring to go. So can you think of a time you've been working on a team project with an influential colleague and they keep coming up with these exciting creative ideas, right? Like you've got this timeline, you've got things to get done and they're like, oh, have we thought about this or why don't we try it this way? I mean, maybe that's even you. And it is fantastic. It's infectious, except the deadline is looming and you need to prioritize and get work done. Eyes are so good at getting everyone pumped up that sometimes it is quite difficult to settle down and focus on those nitty gritty details. For some next level advice when dealing with our influential individuals, instead of trying to suppress their enthusiasm or shut down their ideas, because that's just going to make them feel despondent and unloved, try channeling their energy into a more structured format. So one way to do this is by holding regular brainstorming sessions throughout your project or, you know, even throughout your business as usual work. Uh, They are going to be great at continuous improvement. So let their creativity run wild in this more structured setting and then Follow up with a focused planning session to prioritize all of their ideas and others from the team and start to set clear action steps. Another tip, acknowledge and validate their ideas by saying something like, I love your energy and creativity. Let's jot these ideas down and revisit them once we've covered the essentials. This way, again, you're not dismissing their input but you are ensuring the team stays focused on what needs to get done right now. We often use what we call a car park when we run workshops or, um, you know, even you can implement this as a team on an electronic whiteboard like Miro, Mural. Uh, It's a designated place for ideas that aren't directly linked to what we're doing. They may not be urgent or important right now, but we don't want to lose them completely. And we certainly don't for our influential types because, uh, again, they feel disheartened if they feel like no one's taking their ideas seriously. So create a car park. You might want to call it a backlog if you set it up in planner. Um, Just a place to capture these ideas and not lose them. Okay, so now we're on to S for steadiness. People with a steady communication style are usually pretty chill. They are very patient and super supportive. I love my S friends and colleagues. They are always there for you. They're all about keeping things stable and harmonious, which let's face it, can be a real blessing in the workplace. Sometimes, however, their aversion to change can be a challenge, especially if you work in a fast paced or rapidly evolving workplace. Or project. So 
Say you're working with a colleague who has a steady communication style and your team's facing a significant change, like maybe there's a sudden shift in project direction uh, or team direction, or there's the implementation of a new system being rolled out. The S's in your team might be feeling a bit uneasy or resistant once that comes to light even though the change is necessary for the project success, for the team success, for the ongoing workings of the organization. So some next level advice for helping S-types through these situations. Try to involve them in the decision-making process as much as possible. Giving them a sense of ownership and control over this change, it helps to make them feel more comfortable, helps to ease any concerns they have and they become more willing to embrace it and then uh, they become your biggest advocates. You know, creating harmony across the team uh, is important to them and so if they're on board with the change, they will help bring others on board with the change as well. Um, Also, when you're presenting changes or new ideas to them, Try and explain the reasons if you know them, and hopefully you do. Find the why behind the change and let them know how that change is going to ultimately benefit the team or them as people. You might even want to break down the process of change into smaller, more manageable steps uh, so that it doesn't feel completely overwhelming for them and then offer them support and guidance throughout the change and throughout the transition. Make sure you are there for them because they are there for you more often than not. Uh, Special note for our S friends and, and if this is you, you probably will, this will sound familiar, but when it comes to providing feedback, approach it with a genuine concern for their well-being and Show them that you are there to help them grow, that you are there for them by providing this feedback. Um, It can help to start by highlighting what their strengths are, what their contributions are. If there aren't any, don't be disingenuous. They will pick up on that. Um, But gently and constructively discuss the areas for improvement that you want them to hear reassure them that you believe in them that you believe in their abilities and that you're there to support them every step of the way and they will grow in that environment finally our c's our conscientious people uh, they are the detail oriented super organized folks who are always on top of things like my ba friends They're often the ones with a carefully crafted spreadsheet for every project and a well thought out plan for every task, uh, which is definitely not me. Uh, And why I love having C's in my team now, even though I used to, you know, feel very frustrated with them. While their thoroughness can definitely be invaluable, sometimes their cautious approach can slow things down. So, for example, if you're working with a colleague who has the C style and you've got an important project deadline looming, which I often did, you see them still analyzing every little detail and it's causing delays. So, what do you do? Some next level advice for working with C individuals in high pressure situations. 
Try to prioritize the most important aspects of the project for them and help them see the bigger picture. So they are down in the weeds, they are heads down, bum up, so to speak, and they don't normally take time to step back and see that bigger picture. So it's up to you to show it to them and give them the priorities. They are more than happy to work to them. Uh, encourage them to focus on what's truly essential and let them know that, it, now if this is true, that they can revisit the finer details later on if it's needed. Also, when you're communicating with someone who has a C-style, it's helpful to adopt a more sort of structured and organized approach to your conversations. And yes, this can be difficult as a D, I feel you, if you are a D, and yet it's really worth it. So prepare an agenda before you're going to into a meeting with them, stick to the agenda, give it to them uh, ahead of time, and be mindful of their need for clarity and precision. So be very mindful of your words as you're speaking them. This not only helps them feel more comfortable, but also makes your decisions more efficient and productive. Now, at the same time, I used to ask my BAs to give me the too long didn't read version at the top of every email they sent me. So I mentioned earlier that they would send me the 10 page email and I would just not read it. So we came to an agreement that they would give me some dot points at the top, you know, three to five dot points that give me the important information and then under that, they would give me all of the details. So that allowed me not to miss that important information because I was going to read those three to five dot points. But I very rarely read anything underneath that. And yet it gave them the right to say, well, I already told you that if something comes to light later on. Uh, and they need that feeling of, yes, I've given the information, even knowing it's not going to be read. It's important for them and their stress levels to know that they've passed it on. Um, and yeah, some of them are quite happy to say, yeah, I told you that. <laughs> uh, when it comes to decision making, if you're really pressed for time, give your C's a clear deadline explain the urgency of the situation again giving them a why can be really helpful um, their why will be more task focused your s's wise more people focused um, be explicit like be really clear about the trade-offs between speed and accuracy uh, let them know though that you trust their judgment even if they have to make a quicker decision than they would ordinarily like to okay so now we know a little more about each type and how we might be able to flex our communication approach so others can hear us better. But sometimes that can be easier said than done. It's a little like trying to learn a new dance routine, right? Like say you're learning the tango. At first, you might feel a bit clumsy and awkward as you try to move in sync with your dance partner or even get the dance moves right yourself. But with practice, you get better at understanding their rhythm and you can adjust your steps to complement their style right the same goes for adapting our communication to different disc styles it's all about paying attention to the cues and signals that people give off and then adjusting our approach to make that interaction smoother and more enjoyable for both parties so here's what you can do to put this knowledge into practice first observe 
So pay attention to the communication styles of your colleagues, your friends, your family members. Look for clues in their behavior. Um, Listen to their tone of voice, their body language that might reveal their preferred style. Then reflect. So consider your own communication style. Get clear on how you like to be communicated with and how it might differ from the people you interact with. And then start thinking about how can I adjust my approach to better connect with those who have different styles. You might even consider giving them gentle tips on how they could adjust their approach. Um, But don't expect that, right? You're the person in control here. You are not in control of how they communicate. So uh, you need to work at it first of all. Now experiment. In your day-to-day conversations, try adopting some of these strategies that we've discussed and see what works, see what doesn't, ask them as you go along, uh, and then just iterate, tweak your approach as you as you go. Uh, remember, the key to co- effective communication really does lie in understanding and embracing this diversity of styles that people bring to the table and seeing it as an amazing, wonderful thing that we are not all the same. If we're being mindful of these differences, if we're making an effort to adapt, then you're going to build stronger connections. You're going to get more collaboration out of your team and have a more inclusive and productive work environment. So, Go ahead, try out these new dance steps. Uh, You might just find it brings you more joy and you find yourself moving in perfect harmony with those uh, people that are different to you and your team. Thanks for joining me this week. If you want to continue the conversation about flexing your communication style or being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. Also, special announcement, if you enjoyed this topic on DISC and you're listening to this prior to April 23rd, 2023, come and register for the Personalizing Your Career Micro Audio Summit. That is a summit which is all about getting to know yourself and others better to propel your career. So we don't touch and disc on the summit, but there are a whole lot of other ways uh, that you can understand yourself and others better. So come and register for that. You'll find the link uh, both for the summit and the Facebook group in the show notes. I also want to let you know full transparency that some of this podcast was created with the assistance of artificial intelligence. The ideas, the examples, the language, they are still all mine. However, I do occasionally get help with editing the audio, uh, writing my show notes, which go in the podcast uh, show page, and the occasional save from writer's block, which does happen. And it saves me time, which is, of course, invaluable for me as a busy entrepreneur and career woman. If you got value out of this episode, I really would love it if you could share it with others and bring them on this journey of being a leader on the, from the inside out. And I would also love it if you would rate and review the show because that helps the algorithm uh, show it to others. And I would really appreciate it. Until next week, continue to lead the way her way.